0: Episode 192, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 4, Episode 17, Identity and Change. Welcome to Level 7.
1: A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
2: It's a magical place.
0: Welcome back. Uh, This is Agent Samantha, ninja in training, and I am here with... Agent Stu from the UPA! Yay! And?
2: In the other corner...
1: I'm Ben. (laughs) And if you're just joining us because you think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really awesome and it's getting really good, which, boy oh boy, after this episode, uh, yeah, it's getting really good. Uh mm-hmm. We are a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we like to talk about all this st- stuff. And when I say all in this case, I mean all like I'm not just saying part of all. I'm not going <laughs> to use all in such a way that I have to actually redefine the word so I can say <laughs> it again. But
2: yes, yeah, so if what we were, we're- talking. To all of the MCU shows, we might use the term all y'all <laughs> MCU shows. That would be appropriate.
1: Or every single one is how we would every say Every single yeah. one, yes. <laughs> hey, so we got some news ca- to talk about. Let's uh, switch gears and let's talk about news now. S.H.I.E.L.D. Intelligence Report. So, for news for this episode, Agent Stewart. Agent Lestue. Agent Stewart, codename Lestu. Um, there we go. <laughs> What what news do you have for us on this fine, well, fine day?
2: The, the MCU news has been kind of shallow. Um, the MCU news side of the pool, I guess, is a way to get that reference right. Um, but there was one big thing that happened this week. Yesterday, two days ago, doesn't matter. This week, a Thor 3 Thor Ragnarok teaser dropped. And that's all I'm going to say about
1: it. Because we'll talk about it later. Right. We'll talk about after the credits. (laughs) But we don't want to have a 20 minute conversation here in our news just about the trailer. Although I'm sure we have done that in the past when it was uh, Daniel and I in the the early days of the show. But you know what? Today we're we're punting and we're sending it off to post credits. Post credit.
2: Yep. I will say this, though, real quick. The, The interesting thing about this was from my understanding, it caught everybody off guard. Nobody knew that it was coming (laughs) and then it showed up,
1: but it was like, yay. It caught people off guard. And all I'm going to say about it is that James Gunn saw this trailer and said it was the best Marvel trailer yet Mm -hmm. ever of all time. Mm -hmm. So
0: there's that. I'm not going to comment on it until the after credits, but I have a huge smile on my face because I really do love this trailer. What's well awesome? Everything is awesome. <laughs>
2: let's go to the Daniel to talk about
1: the show now. Yeah. Well, oh, yes. yeah. I was gonna say Dan- Daniel's not here for the podcast to talk about things, but the here's his feedback on the trailer. He watched it six times in one day. <laughs> so that's his feedback. All right. Yeah, let's talk about the right. show. Let's, let's talk about it. this episode and there's some, there's stuff to talk about.
0: There's mm. big stuff to talk
1: about, so let's do it.
0: Mission report.
1: I wish that we had good episodes to talk about, but you got to take the good with the bad, and so we have this episode.
2: All right, Eeyore. Psych. <laughs> I, oh, psych! I tricked you. Good show. We should, we should talk about psych.
1: I was using it in '80s playground. Lingo, oh where okay. we say one thing and then we throw out a psych now that was me in elementary school in junior high it was not because of <laughs> Wayne and Garth and Wayne's world but
2: I went with psych
1: worthy. so yeah okay. this episode guys to me this script oh my goodness this had <laughs> such a tight script This okay. was yeah I, uh, yeah, man, what a great episode. It's well-written.
2: I mean, this is, this is a very good episode of the show. I mean, it's well-written, it's well-directed, it's Um, well-acted. I don't know that this story would have worked in season one or season two. I mean, we kind of have to be here to have these types of stories right now, but it's a good show. It's a very good show.
1: You know, that's the thing about this episode for me is, yeah, this episode would not have worked in first season, obviously, because you don't know the characters and don't know enough about Mm -hmm. them. But at the same time, for me, uh, it's a build up to this. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you want to say, okay, the whole all four seasons built up to this and uh, it doesn't. You know, this is not where they were headed when they started with episode one. Of the whole series. They weren't headed in this direction. But they do a great job of. Just going where the stories are going to take them. And then. You know using these elements from the past. And using these actors mm-hmm. from the past. And. uh Yeah so I want to say. uh To whoever wrote this episode. And I'm. uh It's not. Let's see it's George Kitson. George Kitson. If you are the. Yeah. I think he's the only writer on this episode. Kudos. Great job. You had an interesting script with action and intrigue and information, new information, Mm -hmm. and great one-liners, but they weren't out of place. Uh, The only thing that maybe might have been out of place was some of Coulson's characterization felt a little um, fanboyish, maybe. But at the same time, this felt like that Coulson from The Avengers. And yeah. you know, from I was
2: the about cards,
0: to, yeah. I was about to say, this is this is we've seen this side of Colson before, it's just been t- where it was like more like a four or a five in the Avengers, it was turned up to like 11 here.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I did have one, I do have one little like peak of how and why that happened um, in the episode and and we, when we get to it, I'll, I'll point it out and we can talk about it there because maybe I missed something.
1: Okay. So, yeah, my overall impression of the episode, I mean, for for this podcast, we don't necessarily wait until the end to reveal Ooh, <laughs> do we like it or not. You know, <laughs> we, we don't rate the episodes here. If, if we did give this a rating, uh, I would definitely give it something more than a four and a half this is not a solid four episode. This Mm -mm. is, this is far, far beyond a solid four for me. Uh, This, this comes about as close to a five star episode as I would give. Um, Yeah. I really liked what I was watching.
2: (laughs) I'm excited to see where the, where the rest of the season goes. I really am because I, I feel like we're, we're building up to something, to some sort of great reveal.
1: I I hope so, I yeah, I hope in some ways that we, again because this goes back to the idea that it's a little weird that the final arc is mm-hmm. doesn't have real world consequences for the characters. It's you know this is well, uh, well, but the final arc is a hologram, a uh, 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 holodeck episode. You know that's mm-hmm. that's just kind of odd. You know mm-hmm. uh, it seems like there should be a bigger. Stake than just, okay, our, our core characters might die and there's relational things going on. But that said, our core characters could die <laughs> and there's a yeah. lot of relationship stuff going on in this place.
0: Well, it's right. it's it's more than a holodeck episode because a holodeck episode would mean that um, the real world people believe that they are part of the holodeck story fully integrated they believe it where or or, you know in this episode we have most of the main cast they think they're actually a solid piece of that that they're part of this world basically
1: yeah but i've seen holiday episodes like that where the ones the characters you know get in there and they're uh, oh, there's like one with nanites or something. I can't remember exactly, but.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That
2: Vertiform one. city. I love that episode.
1: The <sighs> Voyager, right?
2: No, oh, that was, Voyager? um, that was season seven. of oh. next gen. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Oh, is it, yeah. That's the one with the train on the holiday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It-
2: to me, what I think what I think you're trying to say, Samantha, is that um there is a the characters there's no separation for some of the characters like May, or seemingly like May. Um whereas there is separation Daisy and, and Colson and Gemma know that they are inside a machine. And I right. guess at the end, Redcliffe. But uh Daisy or May and
0: Um, there's Mac, but uh, towards the end, towards the end, he realized something is going on here.
1: Yeah, but he he doesn't know what it is, and but he doesn't know what it is, and what a twist and turn that was. Yes, Um, yeah, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, but let's well, let's get to it. Let's let's just jump in here. let's, Let's let's talk about the episode. We we start out with our opening, which is Coulson in his classroom listening to Sky, and putting all the details together of what Sky has told him. Or Daisy. Um, And he talks about the blue soap that uh, causes mind control, things to go on with Hydra. And uh, he has been collecting clippings, uh, but then these are news items that he, that's fake news. He, He says it. And then they find out, they get a call from Ward that something big is happening in Hydra headquarters. They're coming after Coulson. They got to get out of there. Title screen Agents of Shield that transforms into Agents of Hydra. Bum, bum,
0: bum. And can I say, since I wasn't able to record with you guys last week, I am so glad that they found a way to reincorporate Ward without raising him from the dead. And we get to see the side of Ward that we wanted to see in season one. The good guy Ward.
1: Yeah, this is good guy Ward who isn't hiding the bad guy side of him.
2: Right. Or a demon god.
0: Right.
1: Which is referenced in this episode, which is great. Yes. Yeah. But this is
0: the Ward we fell in love with in the beginning of season one Mm -hmm. before we found out he was a bad guy. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: So we talked about this last episode, (laughs) but here's the thing. We we were talking about how it's fun for him because maybe maybe this wasn't this episode for we, Agents of Shield. Maybe it was. Uh, I did one of my other podcasts where we talked about him. He gets to play the same character three different ways, but we also get Fitz playing himself. Yeah, but uh, the yeah. evil dark side of himself, and so it's one of those. Places where you can, like we talked about, and we've, you know, the mirror universe where they mm-hmm. they can go crazy or um, be the evil, evil side that they don't get to really cut loose. Uh, and so they get to cut loose in this and Fitz gets to put on the acting chops and be evil Fitz <laughs> now. And Ward is good, Ward. And Coulson is fun-loving, excitable... And easily impressed and because it's all so exciting. And yeah, and then you have Simmons and, and Daisy just frustrated and scared and trying to get out of there so they can <laughs> help their friends. Mm-hmm.
2: Did you guys ever watch Fringe? Yes.
0: No. That's- it's one of those l- shows that is on my list to watch because I must someday.
2: It's good. And this is this reminds me of that
1: a lot. Well, uh-huh. before with some of the stuff that Ada talks about.
2: Yeah, I mean, she the, the way she talks about getting inside the framework is very similar to the way they talk about um, fringe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. OK, so let's talk about act one and st- we'll go scene by scene kind of in this. Uh, stop me, though. Stop me if you've got stuff you want to. Latch onto and talk about. Because we come into our next scene after the title screen goes away. Mac is at home spending time Mm. with Hope. And Hope is as mechanically inclined as Mac seems to be. And she has brought in some drone parts and they get this drone working, but the parts are from a Hydra drone. And this worries Mac because they want to just keep their head down. And not cause any waves and not be noticed by Hydra. They just want to live their lives. And so Mac is going to take care of the drone. But she brings the drone in her backpack to the bus stop. Where as they're standing there, there is a Hydra, I don't know if I would call it a raid or a random random checkpoint or something like that. But they're looking for Inhumans. They find one who is a potential Inhuman. And they luck out because the dude runs and they don't have any cause to look at her backpack because they got their inhuman and they take off. So that's our, our first opening here with Mac. Do we want to park on Mac for a little bit here? Or do you want to uh, take talk I, about him with, with later later events as well?
0: I called him Dad Mac in my notes, but I did not want to call him Daddy Mac. Mac Daddy. because Or Mac Daddy because <laughs> that means something else in the early 90s. <laughs> Or the mid nineties. I
2: I am glad to see Mac be that father figure. You know, we don't know. We don't, he doesn't mention the mom, doesn't mention his wife, um, the mother of his child doesn't mention any of that, but uh, so she could still be there. I get the sense that maybe not, but doesn't matter. The fact that he's still there caring for his daughter, challenging her, connecting with her in ways that, you know, people understand it's, it's good. It's good to see that on TV and it's good to see that with him.
0: And it's, it's always great to see really strong parental figures on television Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm.
1: But it's heartbreaking to see it here because this is the life he was hoping for. This is the life that he wanted. And this is the life that he lost and now he has this life and he's good at it and mm-hmm. he's oh yeah and so it's even more heartbreaking because it's not real and at some point here he's going to find that out yeah. yeah
0: but at the same time it also gives a bit i'm gonna say a bit of hope that mm-hmm. you know maybe when all of this is over he and yo-yo can get together get married have babies, and he could have this life again, possibly. Yeah. Maybe not yoga. maybe somebody else. We'll see.
1: Yeah, and that's something that, you know, obviously time will tell, but it does set up something for this episode, which is he doesn't want to lose this life.
0: Right. Uh, right.
1: Technically speaking, he doesn't want to lose it again, but he doesn't know that he lost it in the first place. So... Yeah, it's it's heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. Bittersweet. Yeah.
1: So the next scene, we have Sky explaining everything to Coulson and Coulson is totally into it. They have met with Simmons and they are kind of, you know, keeping things moving because, you know, Hydra is after them. Uh, But they meet with Simmons and realize that Radcliffe is in the framework. And he is their new target. He is what they want to find because he could get them out of here. He created it after all. And I just have to say this (laughs) at one point, one of the, one of them says, why would Radcliffe be here? As if this is like this weird, crazy, what in the world he's here in the framework. And I'm just thinking to myself, how do they know it's the real Radcliffe? The whole world is there. Ward is there. Simmons and Daisy were both in there as programmed NPCs. And why wouldn't Radcliffe be there as an NPC? As just a, I say NPC, it's a non-player character that, you know, in the video game or in a a role-playing game, these are the characters that the the game master or the, the game system control. And why wouldn't he be there? And why do they instantly know and assume – and this is this is a nitpick – but why would they instantly know and assume this is the real Radcliffe?
0: That's what I was thinking, too, because we've been told before if you die in the real world, you die in the framework. And he's died in the real world. And here he is still alive and very conscious that he's died in the real world.
1: Well, But, but still s- he's around
0: in the framework. So does so. a-
1: Agnes. The whole idea with those – is your mind is in the framework like whatever your soul is whatever makes you you is in the framework and or at least a programmed facsimile is in there so if you die in the well, framework you die in the real world but the whole idea was to give agnes this place to live after she died So like when her body dies, when her body is dead, she her her mind, her soul, whatever you want to call it, is in the framework.
0: Well, maybe I had that backwards, but it just seemed like to me before they said something about if you're dead in the real world, then you can't. I I got the feeling that if you die in the real world, then there's no way you could possibly be in the framework, too. But I can understand a copy of the consciousness being put into the framework. That does make sense.
1: So, yeah, Agnes was in there, as we find out later, but didn't yes. know she was. But it was her. Her body was dead so that when she dies, uh, it's it's double jeopardy for her. She dies in the framework. Her body's already dead. There's no place for her self to go back to anyway. So if the framework got shut off, she would be destroyed. She would be
0: well, dead.
2: Well, yeah. So...
0: So Why basically, would... they are um, they are NPCs that have been copied from real world people and put into the framework. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Radcliffe's place, or in in Radcliffe's case, he's aware that he's a program now and not a human.
1: Well, we can call them programs. Though. I mean, these are them. It's their well, personalities. They,
0: at this point, yeah, they are their program. They're digital copies of themselves in a virtual world.
1: Well, but are, are they? Uh, So,
2: I mean, I was going to say, so how does that work with sky then? Because Gemma presumably, no, they're, they're just implanted into their bodies and their memories are wiped. So, um, they go to sleep in the real world. They wake up in bodies in the framework. And these bodies had been previously doing literally anything else, but now they're going to be doing what the the real world um, consciousness want, one wants them to.
1: Yeah, because well, Daisy, like, Daisy and Simmons like... were were in there as NPCs. They were programmed right. constructs. And when they came over, they went wherever their body was which mm-hmm. is why we were worried for simmons
2: mm-hmm.
1: was she going to be in a casket or was she going to be just killed you know cuz mm-hmm. she she goes in there and there's you know if you die in the framework you die in the real world well what happens if the body was already dead and that's where i was a little bit worried was is are they just going to kill off simmons right here they could uh, they, yeah that could have happened uh, they they didn't obviously but
0: yeah, I'm. I'm going to start making a whole bunch of MMO RPG references, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, the the char- the people we know as the real world characters coming in, they're it's it's sort of well, especially in Simma, Sim, Simmons and um, Sky's case, they're coming in as as players playing
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: an RPG game, um, and Raglith. And Radcliffe,
1: and And Ada. Those are the four that come in and they're unaltered. Right. And and so they have their awareness of both places.
2: And my theory on that is they were altered by Ada. So everybody else was altered by Ada except those four because Gemma and Skye came in through a back door. And she's not going to alter herself and she's not going to alter Radcliffe.
0: Right, except for Coulson, who who does remember bits and pieces because he doesn't use the blue soap.
2: Well, well also because his 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 brain has already been through the blender.
0: I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the joke. Well, well, if you think about it, the blue soap, um, it, it's a it's like an analogy for brainwashing, basically.
1: Right. I okay. mean, this is the soap. Yeah. I mean, it's but at this, yeah. I don't even know if the soap thing is even a real thing. Like it's
0: I, it, I don't he's think it talking is. about it as
1: yeah. it as if it is, but it really comes down to Ada controls everything. Right. And, right. and so she has not done a complete wipe of all the other characters of, you know, May and Fitz um, and Coulson. They don't get a, a complete wipe. It's a wipe that goes back to a certain point in time. Right. And and so, like for May, it goes back to the the Bahrain thing, and for Colson, it goes back to when he decided to join Shield, and for Mac, it goes back to um, I'm ass- I'm assuming before he he decided to join Shield, unless uh, Hope was born and that whole situation happened before before he joined Shield, in which case, but it's that point uh, think, for him. I
0: think it did.
1: And yeah. then uh, for for Fitz, somehow Simmons was taken away from him before he even met Simmons. So I don't know when the change was for him, but for for Fitz, I mean, for all four of these people, they got re-wiped up to that point, and then they created new memories after those points. And those new memories, I think, got some guidance from, from Ada, uh, but turned them into who they are at this point in time. Oh, and the other one we forgot is uh, Mace, Patriot. He's Right. He's also had his mind wiped. And.
0: Now he, he's the Patriot.
1: Yeah. And so who knows what well, point in time it is for him. Is
2: he jacked in though? Or is he just a, a thing that Ada created? He's. He's jacked in.
1: Yeah. He was captured along with the others.
2: Okay. Yes, he was captured. I just didn't know if he'd gotten, you know, the thing in his the back of his head put in yet. So.
0: For Fitz, I think he was, um, what happened with him is at some point he and Simmons, they went to school together. They knew of each other in, in this version of reality. And at some point their careers kind of split off as, in, as opposed to staying together. And he went off and did his own thing. She did her thing. They were both in S.H.I.E.L.D. and then S.H.I.E.L.D. was obliterated. And when that happened, Simmons died.
1: The other thing is there is the whole uh, his father dying in the the incident at um, Cambridge. 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 And so that that might have also been a. change, a a, a, Yeah, a factor of change for him, so. Yeah, anyway, they're going to go after Radcliffe, so then mm-hmm. we cut from there and we go to Ada and Fitz Now, Ada is not Ada here. She's Madam Hydra for the people who live there. Uh, And she reveals to Fitz what's bothering her. And Fitz, it's really interesting that we can talk about the relationship probably here is a great, as good a time as any time to talk about it. He's concerned about her and he knows she's hiding something and he wants to help her and he wants to, you know, do Hydra's missions and, and things like that. Um, and so she reveals what's bothering her, and that's that the subversive that they're going after, that she's sending people out after, but she's not sending Fitz out after, is Fitz? Uh, not Fitz. It's it's Simmons. And when he gets this information, you can almost get the idea that she is revealing this to him just to see what will happen at this point, and he doesn't have any kind of recognition. In fact, he says, consider that threat eliminated. And she says, you do anything for me? And he says, that guy, he says, I crossed the universe for you. Yeah, that guy. Uh, take the knife and stick it in my heart and twist it around a little bit. You know, I didn't want Fitz and Simmons to get together, but once they were together, I feel like it's it's it works. They're doing a good job with it. And then this, what do you think here about Ada and Fitz? Does he have real feelings for her? He's obviously been manipulated into this situation, but
2: I think it, so. I didn't chime in earlier when we were talking about when Fitz went back to. I think Fitz, I think Ada has a thing for Fitz, and I think oh, you clearly, know, whether it's
1: clearly yeah.
2: what, but whether it's you know, more than my neural processes are getting used to your acquaintance or whatever Dana said. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but I, she definitely wants him around and I think she's manipulated things so much so that he is for her. He is, he is there to do her bidding (laughs) and, and he is so twisted around. He, that he doesn't even know which way is straight. I wouldn't be surprised if she even wrote the Fitz character to be completely different than the what he is now. To be honest,
1: there is a certain lack of. Uh, let's say morality, I mean, he's yeah, again, we'll get yeah. into it as we go through the plot, but this guy is 100% for Madam Hydra.
2: I mean. If it wasn't for the fact that the guy who's playing him is the guy we've known for four years as Fitz, I wouldn't even think this character is Fitz. He's that different
0: to me. I've noticed that this version of Ada or Madam Hydra, it, she has real emotions.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The Ada we see in the real world, she she doesn't quite have the emotions, but... She's obviously has advanced her own personality in um in the framework. So and and she's now much more fully fleshed and I guess for her going back into the real world it's as frustrating as trying to put Windows 10 onto a computer that would run Windows 7, I guess, or in a Windows 95 <laughs> even. So Okay. <laughs> it, it, have you ever done that? No. Oh, it's so frustrating.
1: Oh. No, I stick with Mac myself, and then at work, all the Windows stuff, I just let the tech people take care of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's I, I I've done yep. I've done or seen it done once before, and the advanced version. Runs much slower, <laughs> and it's frustrating, and it can cause glitches, and
1: uh, it's awful.
2: So you stick with Mac
0: there, there, Ben?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I'm am a Mac guy, definitely. Mac which guy. is
0: which is why I want a Mac as a desktop. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: So from there, we uh, Daisy comes back to Hydra's headquarters, the Triskelion, and gets information from Hydra's database about where Radcliffe can be found. But on their way out, she has to give the information to Ward because May calls her away. And Ward is worried about this, but Daisy says it's going to be okay. We have to get this information out there. Simmons, meanwhile, and Coulson find the shield contact that they need to find, and they are taken to the Patriot. And... uh, yeah. And boy, before we cut to commercial, the Patriot is standing there and they frame him with those wings from the SSR mm-hmm. symbol. I mean, he's standing there. He is a angel of justice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And and, and and talk about. Oh, go ahead. I was saying Coulson then goes fanboy on us.
2: Yeah. But but talk about allowing your characters to be who they are again. That's pretty awesome. You know, yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name who plays uh, the Patriot, but he was kind of pushed to the wayside, you know, in the first half of the season. And so now he's come out and he's I mean, just even in this episode, he's more imposing than he was in the first half of the season
1: <laughs> because right. and that's he is who he want wanted to be. Right, and here's what I'm convinced about him: is his thing goes back to, um, the uh, the airport incident or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, where he Cambridge was... incident? No, no. The when was it? Bahrain? No,
2: Luxembourg.
1: Luxembourg. Like
0: that. Yeah. Oh yes,
1: where, yes, wherever it was, but where the whole thing where he was thought to be a hero. And this picture caught him at just the right moment, but he wasn't actually mm-hmm. being heroic when that happened. And uh, I think it goes back to that where maybe he actually was heroic and or or something like that. And maybe it wouldn't be that. Maybe it couldn't be that event because history is rewriting itself so much at that point that all the things that have changed because of Bahrain and because Colson's on S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, all these things. Wouldn't have led to those those incidents. Mm-hmm. But he is definitely what? the Patriot.
2: It's interesting, though, that they also keep calling him the inhuman leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because he's not inhuman. Ada would know he's not an inhuman.
0: Well, I don't think that's been defined yet for the framework. Is he inhuman in this universe or not?
1: We have not seen... Well, actually, we haven't seen his powers in action at all.
0: Right. So I, I think that's something we should put on the back burner until we do get an answer for that. Um, also, I, I wanted to bring this up in the beginning, and we kind of got sidetracked away from it. Um, Coulson, um, he's a tinfoil hat version of himself.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: with Mixed in with the fanboy, and I think the fanboy is really endearing, and that's what keeps the consistency with him. But at the same time, he's much more paranoid and coming up with his own theories and um, and such. But with his em- memories, I think he's starting to pull out of that fantasy and uh, trying to reach for the reality of what's happening to him right now.
1: Well, later on in the episode, they give him a gun. And when, when we get into the firefight, he handles the gun pretty well. Uh, yeah. He, but... He, yeah, you say he's this tinfoil version, and and yes, in this episode he is, and in this episode he's this fanboy, and in this episode he has all these clippings because he's always presumed something about uh Hydra. The problem is that doesn't quite jive with last episode's version of Coulson, where right. he is – I mean, he's teaching this stuff and sounds like a true believer and isn't – you know he he calls in a subversive and you know yes he has all those clippings and he looks at them in the last episode but in this episode it feels like he has all those clippings because these are things that just didn't feel right and and that he is really suspicious of whereas in last episode it just felt like these are things that just didn't feel right and that was it
0: right okay well, maybe it's sort of like when you have the beginning of a of a, a new series going on, and they have these little things that become inconsistencies later on because they the showrunners decide to change it. Maybe somewhere between episode the last episode and this one, they decide to change him up a little bit.
1: I think I think you might be onto something there, Samantha. Is that the characterization hadn't been quite um, fleshed out? Fleshed out, yeah, yeah. So, it, it's I mean, just, then that
2: makes sense, but i I would have thought that by episode 16 of this show, the <laughs> season, they would have known that that's where they were going, but you're right. They could have, they could have been the, the way it was.
1: Well, just last episode, I, I remember feeling almost betrayal. You know, he, mm-hmm. this is, it was heart heartbreaking to see him just let the kid go and to see him call mm-hmm. in subversive and to see him defend <sighs> Hydra and all these things, and you just, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. And this episode, boom! The switch flipped. And he mm-hmm. is just, he's a good Making guy. Making his yeah. own soap. Yeah, yeah. he's Yeah. And so, you know, with Fitz, he's pretty much sinking deep into that evil territory. With Colson, I thought that's more the direction they were headed in, and he comes out of it really quickly. Really, really quickly. Even if it's just, he's a you know, he's just one of the people in the the, the nation who, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, Hydra's in control. What are you going to do? You can resist, go along with it, or you can just keep your head down like Mac.
0: Right. Yeah. And Mac has good reason to keep his head down.
1: Yeah, because he has hope. Yeah. The person hope, not the... Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, other. the person hope gives him metaphorical hope. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just like Jessica Jones, you know, it's just there's a character named Hope. Yes. And she's symbolic of this greater concept. But still, there's a character named Hope.
2: Just just to make sure this has been said, they're not the same character.
0: Right. No, but (laughs) when we
1: when he had the picture and we couldn't see who it was, I do remember talking about what if it was the same Hope?
2: And then everybody woke up and said, no, it's not that.
1: (laughs) And then they said, "Uh, you're (laughs) an idiot, Ben. And I said, no, world, you move. But anyway,
0: Uh, I would like to see an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference to the Netflix series. I I really would like to see that. Someday, someday. But yeah, but it's just we're seeing references from the Netflix series to the movies and we're seeing agents of shield referencing the movies, but we're not seeing so much of, and we have seen in the Netflix series, them talk about shield at one point, but I haven't heard anything about what's going on in hell's kitchen and shield. And I, I'd, I'd like to hear that personally. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, they did do the one bullet. That was interesting. Where, yes. Like they, they've done a, th- a couple things, but yeah, they, they aren't really. I, they, we really different. Have three different play boxes here. Yeah. And, you know,
0: it's we, just right now. It just feels like Agents of Shield, um, and the Netflix series are in two completely different universes.
1: Well, right now, Agents of Shield is in a completely different universe.
0: Oh yeah, with the yeah, framework, but
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's move into Act Two, and I'm not going to go scene by scene. I got just one brief thing to read here, and then then we'll we'll talk about Act Two. But in Act Two, Mace shows Sky and Coulson around, and they see what Shield is up to, which is helping Inhumans and potential Inhumans. And you know, they they call themselves a spy organization. Uh, Simmons is able to prove her loyalty to Shield and to Ward uh, by showing her her credentials, her her uh, badge, basically. Her ID. And so Colson and Simmons and Ward, against Mace's better judgment, uh, against the Mace the Patriots' better judgment, are going to go and find Radcliffe on Simmons Say So. Daisy, meanwhile, is brought into the search for Simmons, which takes her and May to Max House, where they force their way in. And then we go to commercial. So
2: the I'm still trying to come to understanding of why they're at Mac's house. How did May know to go to Mac's house? You want to know why? Why?
1: It's all a setup. This whole search for Simmons that May and Daisy are involved in, I think, was a setup by uh, Ada to find out if Mac has been awoken or enlightened or or whatever you want to say. And also to see if they what's going on with with Daisy. Uh, Now that Ada knows that Simmons is there, she's going to be more suspicious of these other ones who are people who are jacked in rather than NPCs who have been. And so, Okay. May goes to Max House, not because it's a logical place to go to look for Simmons, but because Ada has outside information from outside the framework that Mac is tied into them. So. Yeah.
2: And she said, go to this guy's house and steal his kid and or herself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know? And then that gives, you know, have him say this to Daisy later mm-hmm. on.
2: That's the only way it works for me. Otherwise it's a big gaping plot hole because he was aside from the drone thing, which
1: no one would know about
2: No, no one knows about, right? Aside from the drone thing, there's no reason for them to have even any contact with Hydra. So but the if it's Ada, you know, being the puppet master controlling the strings, then I'm I'm down. I get it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it is. It might be Ada telling Fitz to do all this stuff, but I, I'm Pretty sure it's it's Ada who's pulling all these strings here and saying we're going to do this. We're going to find out if Mac is still, uh, you know, under whatever control or whatever. Uh, We're going to find out also if if Daisy is and.
2: It would be interesting if um, May was and Ada had no knowledge of this and wasn't doing anything like that, but May was awoken And was able to keep tabs on Mac and keep tabs on. um, Well, now they now they've got Sky, but sort of she's collecting her team as well. It'd be interesting if she's doing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So here's another little detail that was interesting. Billy kind of gave his life to give Mace the info to get to that secret base.
0: Right to my yeah. eye. Oh. Yeah.
1: And also they are uh, harboring refugees. Uh inhuman refugees basically. And there's a lot of stuff in this episode that really do, I think, point intentionally to a lot of real world political stuff that's going on. Far more than <laughs> yeah. any, any oh. other Shield episode.
0: Oh, there's a point where Fitz says we will make our society great again, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah!"
1: And ooh, then everyone <laughs> says "Hail Hydra," and it's you know, uh, yeah, clear, mm. clear the the political lines that I think the the writer of this episode falls on. But um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, along with that, though, the the whole thing where they're helping people who need to be helped—that's Shield, mm-hmm. you know—and um, and then it's. But they also, he points out, we are a spy organization. <laughs> oh, yeah, you they're the resistance. They're the resistance.
0: They're the true S.H.I.E.L.D. agents that have survived Hydra.
2: Yeah. And once again, they made a Star Wars reference.
1: They make a lot of them in this episode.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I only caught the one.
0: Um, oh, the rebellion going and- back. Uh, going yeah. back to um, to Mac and Hope chopping mall,
1: yeah, that's a little bit inappropriate for a child. Although he says they'll skip I, the bad parts, but now is that the movie is, that he loved? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that a well, real he talks movie? about it. Yeah, it is. It's okay, about uh, it's about a um, robot uh, security system. And there's this robot that goes around and it's supposed to be non non uh, lethal, but there's a lightning strike or something like that. And it goes crazy and kills teenagers who are spending the night in the mall.
0: Okay, that sounds like something horrible. I would not care to watch. Yeah, yeah.
1: but it's it's one of those uh, where
0: unless there was a riff track,
1: (laughs) I'm that's. I'm sure that there probably is for that one, but <laughs> that's practically the plot
2: synopsis for Short Circuit. I
0: was going to say it sounds like Short Circuit gone bad.
1: It is. I'm not sure which came <laughs> first, but yeah, it's it's a it's a slasher movie with a um a uh, a robot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you it... like to be a pepper too.
0: <laughs> I will have to look that up later later on RiffTracks.com. dot <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, they. Um, but it's one of those movies that he references when he's talking about the evil robot overlords that are going to come. And
0: okay, yeah.
1: So okay. Yep, it's a real thing though.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. And did you notice that in the commercial break after this act, there's a really cute Geico commercial with Baby Groot?
1: I did see that.
0: Oh, it was so cute. You got the little gecko walking with, talking with big Groot and talking about insurance and Groot agreeing just by saying, I am Groot. (laughs) It's just adorable.
2: That that wasn't too bad. Hey, Samantha, do it again.
0: I am Groot. Uh, Let me do that again.
1: I am Groot. There we go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So Act 3, Colson, Ward, and Simmons have conversations as they travel in a Quinjet. Ada and Fitz have a conversation about Simmons and that she's supposed to be dead, but that she's actually from the other side. And uh, Mac and May have a conversation about uh, why he is in there and what's going on with him. And Daisy and Hope have a conversation about it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then, um, yeah.
2: It is so not okay is what happens (laughs) at the end of that.
1: Yeah. So then Mac is used to get some information that pretty much Daisy's cover is blown.
2: Yeah. Which, okay, so here's another thing. How did, I mean, I'm going to presume that it was Ada, but. Based on our earlier conversation. But then how did May tell Mac to say what he said? Daisy to call her Daisy Johnson.
1: uh, She she did it like this. Mac, here's what you're going to do. You're going to call her Daisy Johnson. Johnson. And and (laughs) you're going to say that. I, I think it was fed to her to feed to him. Right, right. What I'm saying, though, was.
2: And that's wasn't made very apparent in the episode, but I like it.
1: No, so I, I think it yeah. was because she it's, it's clear before we go to that scene, she's kind of threatening his life with his daughter. And that's why he does what he does is to get his daughter back to him, safe and sound and healthy. And later on, that's why he can't look at his daughter in the eye.
2: Yeah. Right. Because he did that. this.
1: And the way they embrace. I mean, I just get the impression they are threatening that they're going to do something to hope if you don't do this for us. And he oh, doesn't. It's totally, yeah.
2: totally Hydra's I get that. But how do they know to call her Daisy Johnson rather than Skye?
0: Ada fed it to May, who yeah. fed it to right. May. Because right. Ada knows this.
2: Right. And that's where I came down on after we had our conversation about five minutes ago about the same exact topic. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Colson has an ex-wife. Is it the cellist?
0: I was going to say, but it's a cellist from Portland. Yeah, That's what I'm thinking, too. But how did they meet? Because being a teacher, you don't really travel around an awful lot, whereas being a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, you do. And she's from Seattle, right? Or Portland
1: yeah
2: you can't you can't deny love you can't stop it no
1: and and here's the thing because the framework the way the framework works um i can accept that he would still somehow meet this cellist if it was a a mirror universe i would have a much harder time swallowing it. it you know, Star Trek going back to Star Trek, whenever they go to a different universe and, you know, they have the the new Star Trek universe. And it's basically they they're, they're saying the universe wants Kirk and Spock and that group of of people together, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's just what's going to happen because the strength of their friendship is so strong that it's going to bring those that crew together. Uh, you don't need that here because this is something he wished for and wanted and and it was in his personality matrix when Ada is is figuring out what he's going to have and or not have. And yeah, so I, I think it could be the jealous. I mean, he has a clipping about her in, in, mm-hmm. his, in his folder. So.
0: Yes. And following that scene um, where Ada is talking, I, I believe, to Fitz, I didn't write down the summaries for the scenes for the, this episode. I'm sorry. Um, she doesn't mention that there's an, another side. And I think that's in reference to project looking glass.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, but project, uh, which.
0: What is that? I'm sure. Is, I'm <laughs> sure I, from what I understand, I understand from this episode, it's something about contacting the other world or the real world. They, they, but in, in the, in the framework, they only see it as the other world. Yeah. Or the other side.
1: And this is the What's, stuff you were talking about, Stuart, with Fringe. Mm-hmm. Where they're talking mm-hmm. about bouncing back and forth from one universe to another.
2: What's, what, what, what I questioned in this is why does Ada need to go to... What, what is Ada's need in going from the, the framework universe to the real world universe, what does she gain by stepping through the looking glass? Quote unquote, my guess. is it. Go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, is it power? Because that's the only thing I can think of.
1: I think, but I want to hear what you have to say. I think it's fits. If she can get fits to cross over as he is in the framework to the other side, she gets fits in the real world. She gets mm. the reprogrammed, new and improved, loves me, will do anything for me fits. Rather, but why than, does she need him? She doesn't because she loves him. Yeah, she wants him. Mm. This, this is all happening. I think a lot of this is happening because Fitz showed her kindness, Fitz, she, you know helped create her and helped you know make things better and 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 worked on her with uh with radcliffe she developed a relationship with fitz fitz seemed like he might be interested in you know some form of a relationship with her and then he turns on her well now in the framework she has the opportunity to rewrite his history to bring Mm -hmm. him to a point where he is uh, he has the same feelings for her as, as she has for him. That's my guess. I think yeah. that's, that's where it's coming from.
2: Well, my guess yeah. is that there's going to be a fist fight between Gemma and Ada and Gemma's going to be victorious because there's no fire
1: or a fits fight.
2: <laughs> Ooh, look at you being all right early.
0: <laughs> uh, um, well, I was just wondering, uh, Maybe it was because Fitz showed a little bit more compassion towards Ada, where Radcliffe was treating her more like an object.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and Fitz kept her alive or kept her aware. You know, I mean, he he didn't destroy her when he should have. He kept her around and, uh, you know, he showed her more compassion than anyone in our world.
2: I was going to say of anybody
1: that came over that crossed over into the the framework,
2: he's the one she would logically attach to. Because she has no use for Radcliffe and everybody else thinks she's a crazy robot including Mac who chopped off her head. Mm.
1: Yes, that's true. See, that's the other thing that I don't know if it's a plot hole but it's close to it is why even bother keeping these other people alive? There's got to be there's got to
2: be a reason. That's a really big. Yeah, you're right. It's not necessarily a plot hole because we haven't experienced the entire plot. We don't know yet. Right. But there's got to be a reason because otherwise it's it's dangerously close to plot hole.
0: (laughs) I think right now the reason is because these are our cast members.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, there's definitely that. (laughs) <laughs>
0: and right. we must have them in some shape or form be active somehow, you know, with physical bodies on one side and their consciousnesses on the other side, um, in this alternate universe, basically.
2: This show doesn't necessarily keep Chuffa around. This show does this show's pretty lean when it comes to stuff like that. And when they do decide to get rid of somebody, they're gone. I mean, yeah. pour one out for Bobby and and Whatever his name was, Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, Bobby and Hunter. Yeah, and then we,
0: yeah.
2: you know, and so it, they don't keep people around they don't need, and so if they really decided that there wasn't a story for Mac, they would have killed him. Yeah. Oh my Who gosh, did.
0: Trip, Trip, Trip. I think I think he actually was active, like truly active, for just for a couple episodes, and then afterwards he was like a background character until they killed him off, and I really hated that.
1: Trip was a good
0: uh, guy. He was.
2: You've been trying to. Oh, no, that was Daniel. I'm sorry, Ben. I apologize.
1: No, it was Daniel. Daniel who kept putting me in the position <laughs> of I was putting him on. I was not putting him on Death Watch. No, I like Trip. I like yeah. him a lot. Yeah. Oh.
2: I wish I, I really wish that the connection of Trip and the um, the Agent Carter would have been a little bit stronger.
1: But yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, well.
1: All right. Act four, Daisy Mm -hmm. is on the run in the base, tries to fight her way out, but gets captured and beaten pretty bad. Radcliffe, meanwhile, they find him and he reveals almost everything. He's dead. Agnes is dead. And this was supposed to be paradise. And he wants these people to just go and get their people free. But there is no exit because Ada closed the exit that she had for Radcliffe and she closed the back door exit for, uh, Simmons and Daisy. And then Madame Hydra, Hydra arrives in a cool, cool, cool plane with a whole bunch of Cobra soldiers. That's act four. It ends with a very, very cool, uh, I guess just a, a cool image of her with her, with her cloak, cape thing, um, walking with purpose with these mm-hmm. soldiers who I, I I promise you, they look like Cobra with the, <laughs> the way they have their mask over their, their nose and mouth. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a, really they're giving us a, a pretty good vibe of early S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff with Hydra with with uh, the way she's she's costumed, the way they're costumed. And
2: yeah. I don't think I'd ride an elevator at the Triskelion. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> because I've seen two elevator rides in two different shows, both of which one guy is left standing or gal. So that's all I'm going to say.
0: Or Captain America.
1: That's yeah. what yeah. I meant. Yeah, <laughs> I I thought it was really funny that they went there, though.
2: Right. As soon as she got in, I was like, oh, before we get out, does anybody want to get off? That was fantastic.
0: <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah. And in this version, Captain America was never woken up. So, yeah, did they say that?
1: No, they haven't said it,
0: but I'm pretty sure in this version, they he would have not been woken up because they wouldn't have been looking for him necessarily.
1: They have not mentioned anything about the Avengers in the framework, Right. Uh, I mean, the only superhero they've talked about in the framework is is Patriot.
2: Right. I wonder if that's I wonder if that's more our real world stuff, not wanting to contaminate and cross the streams and stuff like that. But no, that makes me,
1: they talk about Avengers every episode. You know, they'll talk about the green guy and they'll they'll talk about, you know, captain America and they'll, they'll talk about uh, the incident and and those kind of things. But I think for Ada to keep things under control, she can't have Hydra take over. if if the Avengers are there. And so I'm not sure what she did to make them not be there. It could have, it could be as simple as um, they never found Steve Rogers. I don't know what, what would be going on with, with Tony uh, in this, in the framework. Um, but it'd be Maybe very,
0: that he just, it may just be that he just does not exist.
1: Exactly. It'd be, it'd be very simple to just not let them exist. So,
0: Yeah.
2: He's partying too much. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that does set the whole Steve Rogers plane goes down. uh, Howard spends a multitude of money trying to find it. Never does. Maybe Howard, maybe the whole Stark world doesn't exist. You know, maybe the whole Stark empire is is nothing. I think it's quite possible.
0: Or Or maybe Tony never became Iron Man. Or he never survived uh, being kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what
2: that's what's very interesting about these, you know, alternate universes type shows is that you can play with stuff like that, and it mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. And then when you come out, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I'm I I am uh, I am have right now. Fitzsimmons on Death Watch, meaning that I I'm not even sure if, as things are right now, I'm not even sure if their relationship will survive the framework.
2: Well, let, let's let's get into the end of the episode and, and we can talk about yeah. that in just a minute.
1: Yeah, uh, but before we do, I just wanted to mention Radcliffe calls Ward the Hive.
2: Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was really cool. Oh, your hive.
1: Yeah. You're, oh, oh, you're you're not. I never met the other guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Act Four or Act Five, rather. Uh, Madame Hydra demands that Radcliffe give her the subversive because she knows someone has violated the uh, no-fly zone on this island, and she knows there's people there. And the only subversive they find is not really subversive. Sub- a subversive. It's Agnes. And Radcliffe is desperate to save her. And so he reveals just a ton of information uh, about the truth of the world to Fitz. And we get a battle for Fitz's mind and soul between Radcliffe and Ada. And it ends with Fitz proving his love for Ada. And killing Agnes just shoots her in cold blood. Simmons who saw the whole thing and had just gotten done assuring Ward that Fitz was on their side. So Ward should not take the shot with his sniper rifle. Cannot believe it stands up, shouts, no. And a gunfight erupts. The three escape the three, uh, Simmons, Coulson and, and, uh Ward escape. And Radcliffe is taken by Madame Hydra. And when they get back to the base, Mace is not happy. Uh, communication does not happen. Uh, Simmons has to go off and just be on her own. Colson knows some, but not enough to really explain things well. But it doesn't matter because Mac arrives and he comes offering information about Sky and also offering his own services and then the commercial comes. So this this whole conversation between Ada and Radcliffe, when he calls her Ada and she's just really angry because it's an acronym and a stands for artificial. And then the look on her face when they kill Agnes, who is the woman that Ada was patterned after. That's bad.
2: You know how in some movies where, I, I just watched one the other day and I can't remember what it is, uh, where some movies where like they, they start torturing the guy. It happened in daredevil. Right. So they start torturing the guy and the guy's like, Oh, I'm, I'm not affected by your torture because I don't believe that you are, um, a threat to me. It also happened in guess what? Another star Trek episode, chain of command part two, that's the four lights episode guys. There you go. Um, <laughs> so where Captain Picard is like, I don't see you. I see this little pipsqueak of a kid who doesn't affect me, who can't affect me. I think that's, we saw a little bit of Ada's uh, facade here. She's seemingly insecure about this because if she, if she had everything buttoned up, um, Radcliffe calling her a robot wouldn't phase her, but that's a that's a a seam in the shield. There's something wrong there. There's something that's that's misaligned there, and uh it's a weakness for her,
1: yeah. so my big question for this episode, for last episode, for the whole framework is, is it the dark hold that's causing her to be more right. alive than what she would be? You know,
0: or is it just advanced programming from the um, the LMD programming? Because there's she's an earlier version, but we saw all the more advanced versions with May and the others.
1: And is she an improved version because of the Darkhold? That's true. You know, I mean, there, that's the one element that I just want them to start spinning back in here. Where is the Darkhold in all this? Right. And right. how is it? How has the Darkhold affected that? They talked about it. They gave it lip service, but
2: when did they talk about the Darkhold in this not pod in this episode. of episodes?
1: Okay, no, no, they haven't. They haven't in this episode, but they've given lip service to the idea that Ada is able to do more. You know, I mean, this is Fitz early on letting her read the Darkhold. You know, that was a bad idea. Well, yeah, it was. Back at the beginning of the yeah. season.
2: And maybe that's why she's in love with him is because somewhere along the way, the dark hold is connecting Fitz with a savior of some kind or something. I don't know.
1: I don't know either, but I'm waiting for that. Waiting for it. To show yes, up. I'm waiting for it, too.
2: OK, so then the tag scene.
1: Well, wait. Oh were were any of you surprised that Fitz pulled the trigger? A <sighs>
0: little bit. Ah, uh, disappointed.
1: I was surprised and not surprised at the same time. I just kept bouncing back and forth between he he won't do it. What if he did? I think he might. No, he's not going to do it. And so when it happened, I can't remember what side of the fence I was on when it happened, but it just it was a shocking moment and then simmons has to do the no scream that is right difficult for any actor to do well um and
2: and and then that's when the the stormtroopers come out and start shooting him and the music <laughs>
1: swells wait no the
0: wrong wrong movie actually i was about to make that reference not the same con- not in the same way but yeah
1: <laughs> it's close enough i mean yeah it's what happens um so.
0: It's totally been Kenobi dying and my yeah. Darth Vader and Luke screaming no and everybody's like, oh wait, they're running away.
1: Yeah. It'd be more like I'm... if uh, Luke watched Obi-Wan Kenobi like cut off Bail Organa's head. You know, like,
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: You're a good person. You'll never do it. Oh, you are a bad person. You just did that. Right. I am
2: glad that they're not pulling those punches, right? So they do have Fitz shoot Agnes, and they do have Ada being a complete, complete jerk. And there's not like, oh, we're just gonna be nice and every oh no, we're gonna be really mean and we're gonna really stand there and be mean. Uh, because they could have easily been um fitz shoots is pointing the gun at Agnes, pointing the gun at Agnes and shoots Ada. Like that could have been the end of things, right? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. But no, he actually follows through and shoots Agnes. That's huge. And it's a and it's bravo to the to the creators for actually following through that.
1: Well, because the crux of the scene is Radcliffe essentially trying to get Fitz to remember Simmons, you know, and we're gonna if Fitz can just remember Simmons. If Fitz can just remember his old life you know well he doesn't remember his old life and he clearly is not the same Fitz that we knew way back when when he was trying to impress Ward and just, right yeah so it was a nice turn it was mm-hmm. and it was again a, a tragic moment because of the, this is Agnes is done the framework was mm-hmm. created to give Agnes a world to live in And, you know, eternal life, basically, in this in this other world. And no, she's gone. She's done. And Ada is not sad. Which is again, I
2: think that's one more um, misalignment in the armor where uh, Ada's facade starting to show a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Fitz, in the tag scene, yes, Fitz tortures Radcliffe, comes in to Daisy, he knows she's an inhuman, and yeah, he's not a good guy.
2: He's Do we, okay, so do you remember when Ward went from being yay Ward to not a good guy Ward?
0: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I'm feeling right are now. We,
2: are we feeling that? Mm-hmm.
0: Feeling what? Unhappy with the turn of characterization.
1: I, yes, but I'm also at the same time enjoying watching Ian. uh, I can't remember his last name, but the Uh the actor Uh, I'm enjoying watching him be able to play this character, you know, like look, Brett Dalton got to do a lot of fun stuff. He got to Mm -hmm. be the cool suave Spy, then he got to turn around and be just a gleefully evil character. And then he got to turn around and be a godlike super being evil character. And then he gets to turn around and be the fun, cool, suave spy again. And Ian DeCaster, he gets to, I think that's his last name, he gets to play now the just brutal, evil, mean guy. And a lot of this is going to I mean, there is going to be real world repercussions for the relationship with Simmons Mm -hmm. and and Fitz. no matter what. At this point, they've they've crossed over into some some spots here emotionally for Simmons that our show goes there. And so we'll get to see some of that, I think, whether they both come out of it alive or not. One way or another, things are changing for their relationship. And it might come out stronger at the end. I mean, that. Whenever my relationship with my wife goes through difficult times, uh, you know, whether it's money issues or something like that, when we come out on the other side, a lot of times we, we do come out as a stronger team.
0: I just feel that the second that Fitz pulled that trigger, everything changed for Simmons in the way she viewed him. So Mm -hmm. this is going to have some really, I mean, it's not like getting into an argument with your spouse this is going to change the way she looks at him, and it's going to take him a heck of a lot of work to to rebuild that relationship with her when right. they get back into the real world.
1: Because she's seeing a potential fits. She's seeing what he's capable of if certain things weren't holding him back.
0: But he still made the choice to pull that trigger.
1: Right, he's he's capable of it because he doesn't have the things that made him the fits she fell in love with. That's right. He's not that person. And so, does do you remember
2: when you get out of the framework? Do you remember that you were in there?
0: Well, Radcliffe did.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So yes, and we can explain anything away by Radcliffe of science. It's hard to explain. (laughs) I, I guess the question would be if May remembers, but I thought she did.
1: What do you mean?
0: She um made her way out of an older version of the framework where it was not fully fleshed out. It wasn't. It was a flat framework with walls and and edges, and now they're in a framework that has no edges
1: because it's round. It's a globe, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But for May. In the framework, she wouldn't remember things, but she kind of did. And so she's mm-hmm. able to go through it when she realized and then they rewrite it so that she would go through it again and get to the end and it'd be slightly different and, and or f- extended. But when she came out of it, she remembered.
0: Yes.
2: Mm. Well, so here's the other thing. I'm not the reason I asked the question in the, in the first place. I'm not feeling tense about this because I have I guess I've been accustomed to knowing that Colson is going to be fine at the end of the day. Um, Although the whole reason we have this show is because I thought Colson was going to be fine at the end of the day and then he wasn't. (laughs) 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 And then he got shot. Uh, You know, our main cast is going to be fine. Colson, Daisy, May, and Fitzsimmons are going to be fine. And now that we have Ward back, but we've already seen Ward get tossed and turned around in that. So I guess maybe that's my own conditioning, but I still kind of think that Fitz is going to come around on this and he's not going to die. Yeah. His relationship with Gemma might not be super, super strong, but at the end of the day, they'll come through it because they're, you know, attached, right They're They're connected. Um, I kinda I, I'm wondering if not only Fitzsimmons is on Death Watch, but actually fits. If Ian Decaster is looking to leave the show, maybe. Or if you know they're gonna write gonna write him out or something. That'd be an interesting twist on this to have him die in the framework.
0: Yeah.
1: It would be. It it would be. I mean, Ward is not coming out of the framework unless they the Project Mirror thing works.
0: Uh, and so, they create an LMD for him.
1: Yeah, the,
2: with the, with the invention yeah. of LMD LMDs, you can have anybody back. You can have that's anybody true. back.
0: But don't they need um some sort of physical DNA or something to work off of? I don't.
1: I don't know. I mean,
2: I'm sure they've got some sort of DNA on Ward. He was in level seven. That's true. true. Here's
1: here's the the. I I don't mind the idea of good guy, Ward, LMD.
2: Neither do I. I, I, and and as much as I was not happy with that prospect, you know, back at the beginning of the season, at the end of last season, I am okay with a good guy, Ward, LMD.
0: I'd love to see a good guy, Ward, and I'd love for him and, And Daisy to get together because that's what we were promised in season one. And oh, no, that did not happen at all.
2: No, I don't know that Daisy hooking up with a robot's a good idea.
0: Well, that may not be. Depends what they do with Ward here.
2: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So anything else before we move on to some listener feedback? Because. There's there I mean there's a lot of things that we could bring up and
2: Yeah, know, this, I, this I, episode I, was very full. Yeah. And we, we want to hear your feedback. So keep sending it in,
1: listeners. I was just yes. really surprised that she like fits knew about the other side. Like that, yeah. That was really just as things happened as as this episode unraveled and unrolled uh I I really liked it. I really yes. really liked it. I I wouldn't give it a 5. Because there are some things that's just kind of like, oh, well, what about that? You know, but those things are minor. Like I said, they're nitpicking and they are not real concerns for me.
2: And I wonder if it's some of those things that will, as we go forward, they're going to be questions. We have questions now. Answers are in the next episode or the episode after that. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn this over to our listener feedback and what we had from um, our listeners as they gave us feedback. So,
2: All right. Shield Field Report.
1: All right, first from Facebook, we had Hank Harwell uh, write in and he said something everyone else seems to be focusing on is how May's not killing the inhuman child in Buran is the driving incident leading Hydra being able to take over. But I would put forth. The idea that it is Coulson choosing not to join S.H.I.E.L.D. that leads to it. This is what I think. Coulson and May are partners by the time Brain happens. But without Coulson to be the emotional center, along with Andrew, but we'll leave him to the side for now, May cannot process the guilt and regret that saving the child who later causes the Cambridge incident. Incidentally, I'm hearing that it happened in Massachusetts, not England. Also, Coulson is the one who encourages May to go out with Andrew, the shrink, who also helps her process her reputation as the cavalry, although not very well. Without Coulson and Andrew, she is unanchored, and this gives her rise to become as vicious as she appears in the framework. Fitz, too. I think without saying so, Coulson has been a real father figure to Fitz, much more so than his own father or even Radcliffe. Coulson is the star of this show, and without him as the lead agent who puts this team together, they are not the same. It will take him recovering who he is before everyone else recovers who they are. And I think that that, especially that last statement, is very, very true. When Colson knows who he is, the others will follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was yes. from Agent Hank. Uh, let's see this uh, feedback here from Agent Leaf Girl. So she says, <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to read it as I read it hi hello agents. <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> uh, halfway through season three and still hoping to be all caught up by the end of summer. So far, it's looking good. But I won't have a commute during the summer, so I don't know how that will affect things. I had several things spoiled for me this season. Ward dies, Lincoln dies, Andrew dies, Bobby and Hunter leave. So I can't really make any predictions, but I can offer opinions. When I first heard Ward was going to die, I was torn. A small part of me was sad since she was the, he was the original cast. But then I thought it would really be for the best since there was no redeeming and him as an antagonist would get old. Although, Joss Whedon. Shows have redeemed 200-year-old vampires who spent their whole time killing, so who knows? <laughs> this also is not the first time we have seen an actor repurposed. In Angel, they killed off a character only to have a different entity take over that body. This character was different but did hold memories of the vessel. I think Ward is dead. The gold took over his corpse, and I believe he will have some of Ward's memories, but I think he is gone. I don't think Fitz is horrified that Coulson killed Ward, but a perhaps the in the way it was done i am not sure what the bullet situation was at that point but crushing a man's chest is not quick or painless not even with a robot robotic hand apparently also it did look like colson might have been taking his time which they really didn't have simmons said they had 61 seconds and really what is the point in causing a painful death when death is the objective if you have to kill someone just get it over with instead of damaging your own soul by making it last longer the look that they shared at the end i think could be them both wondering how do we live with this and how do we tell the others as opposed to fitz judging colson on his choice after all fitz had to kill or fitz tried to kill ward earlier in the episode too I wonder if this was the higher purpose that Matt, that Malik meant. I felt that Ward's sudden change in seeing the Hydra light was rather silly, but Malik told Jamma that no one was coming back except their God. So he was either talking BS to Ward about his high purpose, or this is what he had planned all along. Either option is plausible when you are a nutcase cult bent on bringing back your ancient leader who was weak on Maveth but will probably become powerful again now that it is on Earth and not a barren world that may or may not have turned into such a world because of his presence <sighs> off to watch Jessica Jones now ta ta agent Leaf Girl and Agent Leaf Girl when you finally do get to this episode uh, to, to hear us talk about your feedback um, thank you for writing in and yeah I you got several several very good points but it's just fun for me to hear you talking about the whole word situation when uh yeah. we're in another word situation. So and it's yeah <laughs> completely different kind of word situation, but it's a word situation nonetheless. Yes. Thank you, Agent Leaf Girl. Glad you're writing in. All right. Stuart, do you want to take Agent Casey's feedback here?
2: I am gonna take Agent Casey's whole Agent Casey. What if feedback for Agent Lestue. Dun, dun, dun. That's
1: me, That's guys. You. That's you. That's me.
2: That's me. It's feedback somebody for wrote, Yes. Somebody wrote feedback for me. Yay.
1: All right. Well, let's hear it.
2: Okay. Hey, guys. I finally was able to get around to writing in after listening to What If. First off, Ben, the What If comics were one of my favorites growing up, and I think I still have a couple lying around somewhere. Possibly spoiler and therefore can be left out but my favorite issue of was what if electra had never died she joins
1: shield in that comic it's a really fun story
2: maybe she can join shield in this in in the mcu maybe nah (laughs) we have to finish our daredevil uh, coverage so maybe maybe that'll happen i don't know Alternate histories, mirror universes, etc. are always good for fun, even if they are not done well. But I think this episode was done well, and I'm excited to see how this plays out. The main reason I'm writing in is to answer Stu's author question and to expand on it. Harry Turtledove was the author who wrote the series about the aliens coming in the middle of World War II. It was really good. But he had an even better alt-history series, I think, called... The Great War. It starts with a one-off of 20 years after the South won the Civil War. It then starts as an actual series in the early 1900s leading into World War One, and continued on for a while. It's really good, and you should both check it out. Thank you, Casey. I plan to. I, I'm saying that Truthfully, I had I'd never even heard of the series, and, and now I'm peaked. One last wonderment. If the framework was created for the dying of cancer ex-girlfriend, and therefore she is in the framework, and Ada was based off of her, and Ada is in the framework, will that be an issue that comes up and causes some confusion, opportunities in the upcoming episodes? Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Well, uh, to answer that with the benefit of we've seen an episode that you hadn't seen when you wrote this email. Right. Doesn't look like it. (laughs) No, Uh, but
2: yes, uh, I, I kind of thought that too, thinking about, um, you know, hijinks, 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 hijinks. And no, no, just gunshots, just gunshots. And then he ends the email with thanks guy.
1: And is done. There is one more bit of feedback. Samantha, can you take this one from agent Jason?
0: Yes, uh, this is from Agent Jason. Best storyline yet. Can't praise Ark enough. After meeting her program requirements, like a devil's deal, Madam Hydra reached full freedom to rule the framework. My bet is that Project Looking Glass is a takeover of the real world by an army of LMDs. We'll need LMD war to stop that. When the day is saved. Gemma will will finally kill him. Here's to death being real in Marvel Four change. Jason from California.
1: We've talked about LMD Ward, but LMD army. That would make Mm. sense. And Mm -hmm. Ada is bouncing back and forth. I get the impression that Ada is not spending all of her time in the framework, but she's she's going back to to the other side. And she could be preparing an an army of LMDs.
2: What gave you that impression?
1: Just the way that she talked about it with with Fitz. That's just the way it felt. Mm. I mean, I don't know a, if she is, but that's the impression that I felt.
2: It would make sense. I mean, she's a a for lack of a better term, a synthetic life form, a digital life form. And so it would be easy for her to be digital in her, you know, the real world and then also digital in the framework. Whereas if you think of the human body as an analog, you have to get a digital to analog converter, and that's Um, Uh, uh, time-consuming
0: or in this case, two places in once
1: (laughs) that could be possible too less less complicated is it's just that her body is in our world and she can Mm -hmm. close doors so i would imagine she can open them too right right yeah well that's this episode then Mm mm-hmm so uh you you guys, time to say goodbye and then actually not go away because we're doing a post credit segment. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought those were supposed to be secrets. Well, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. You know? Oh, okay. Okay, with all that said then, uh it's time to say goodbye. Uh Stuart, uh Samantha, any last words? Final words? Thanks for listening. Glad
0: you all do. Thanks for listening.
1: And I just want to say thank you for listening and and sticking with us, you know, because podcasting is hard. It is. You know it's hard, right, Samantha? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys have done this. It's hard. And I just remember the words that that Daniel used to say to me when we were early on in our our podcasting career here, um, back when we were first starting the podcast. And he used to just say, listen. This would go a whole lot easier if you quit mouth-breathing on me. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback, where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one 55 level 7 mx and once again thanks for listening okay here we are face to face a couple of silver spoons ready to talk about thor thor ragnarok trailer and to start with i'm putting you on the spot tell me your thoughts about this trailer in one word. And I got one word for you. So i will give you time to think of your one word, Samantha and Stuart. But my one word, rad. This trailer was rad. All right. Samantha, Stuart, what's your one word?
0: I'm going to go with
2: awesome.
1: Okay. Samantha?
0: I have I have more than one word to say.
1: Yes, but, but start with one word. Just Just... Start with one word, and then we'll get into more words.
0: I have four words to say.
1: Okay, break the rules. Go ahead.
0: Bahala, I am coming. Okay, it's a it's a line from "Immigrant Song."
1: Okay, which is the song that was in that trailer? Oh, from the
0: land of the ice and snow, from the midnight sun where the hot springs blow. Okay. Oh, I loved this trailer so much. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> it's a good trailer. It really is. Mm-hmm. I liked it. And I'm going to just get my my two two cents out of the way and then let you guys talk a little bit because I loved that end stuff where they're just Hulk and Thor going toward each other and it's just mm-hmm. big and muscular and majestic. And the other part I loved is the character designs that we got to see Hela a little bit mm-hmm. and Valkyrie on her winged horse. And I'm a fan of the Valkyrie character from when she appeared in uh, the defenders comic books. And yeah, I'm excited. World War Hulk. That's, that's yeah. the, a lot of, they're, they're pulling a lot of threads from that comic book series and yeah, cool. So, so,
2: We've had a lot of trailers lately. We've had the Spider Man trailer. We had the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. We had Logan trailer. Most of those were, hey, you really like, and I'm specifically referring to Guardians of the Galaxy now. You really like what we did with Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's do it again. There's all the same characters back. Yay. Well, Thor 1 was different than Thor 2, which Mm -hmm. is different than Thor 3. Mm -hmm. So, really, it's, hey, you remember when you watched civil war and you didn't see Thor or Bruce Banner? We got him in this movie for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's actually uh, a big thing here is what were they up to?
2: <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, I mean, it feels like Thor's story is continuing after, after Ultron, he kind of went away and, you know, and after Ultron, Bruce Banner went away, too. But it kind of feels like this is the continuation of his story. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with with Bruce Banner and how they're going to get Hulk on Planet Hulk. And if that's even Bruce Banner, it's got to be. I feel like it's got to be. Yeah. But are they going to have, you know, do we know if Mark Ruffalo's in the movie or not? I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean that's that's the character design with the Mark Ruffalo character design. I'm I'm I don't know exactly how he got there or, or why or, or anything like that, but yeah, that's Hulk. That's our Hulk.
2: That's our big green guy.
1: It's our guy. Yeah. Yep. Samantha, so- thoughts? What do you got?
0: Well, where you guys are coming and looking at this from the point of view of the comics as the comic fans, I don't have that background. I do, however, have a history with World of Warcraft, and there was so much in this. At first, when I first saw the trailer, I thought maybe it was a mashup of something else with bringing in... Kate Beckinsale's character from the underworld series. Cause that's what, uh-huh. uh, uh, Kate Blanchett kind of looked like. And then there was a mashup with the Warcraft movie because when Hulk comes out into that arena, he looks a heck of a lot like Ogram Doomhammer from world of Warcraft. And <laughs> so I was a little, little confused at first. And then I realized, no, this is going to be Thor three. And, I am just so excited. (laughs) And um, my favorite boss from World of Warcraft was Ragnaros, which is based on Ragnarok. And so if I make some uh, (laughs) uh, Blackrock Dungeon references, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about World of Warcraft. I don't play anymore. I'm sorry. It's just I have my reasons. Just trust me. But I do miss it sometimes. It's just... It takes up so much time out of my day. And, you know, I've got other things to do. <sighs> but still, it's a, it's a really fun game. So, yeah. yeah. There's my cool. thoughts. Oh, also... Um, I know I'm going to take up more time. I'm sorry. Um, I was talking about a friend. He he. I was talking with a friend about this trailer. He's not sure how he feels about this trailer yet because he's been dis- disappointed by the, the previous two Thor movies. And I told him... Jane Foster is not going to be in this movie, so there's going to be a less of a romantic eye candy sort of feel to this. So maybe it's going to be less romantic, more fun action film like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is. So that's what I'm hoping for. And there also seems to be sort of like a 1980s, like, I can't quite put my a 1980s feel on the style, too.
2: There's definitely big action movie feel right. vibe to this.
0: Right. So... Uh, and,
1: Stuart, I thought that's where you're going with the whole – and with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it was like they're saying, hey, remember what you liked in Guardians of the Galaxy? It's in this movie again. I, I thought you were going to say that that's what they were also doing with this trailer is, hey, remember what you liked in Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, <laughs> we're going to put it into this movie too because – uh, yeah,
2: I mean, you've got you've got actors in funny makeup. You've got big, big
1: set pieces. You've got space and you've got um, funny one liners. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, I know him from work. Oh, I loved that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people say that they loved it like you. And I've also seen people say, you know, if that doesn't make the final cut, that'd be OK. I It doesn't need to be in the movie. <laughs> so... I, I- We'll it see, makes me but... interesting
2: to where they're, how they're positioning Thor in the, in the greater Marvel cinematic universe, right? So in, in Avengers, he was kind of this brooding guy and later on he had more fun, I guess, but he was still kind of this brooding guy. Now he looks like he's making jokes and cracking jokes. I don't know. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I just don't know. I just. I mean, it,
2: it's hard to tell from a 90-second trailer, for right, sure.
1: Right. Yeah. And it really, it, it was a length of a teaser. You know, it, it wasn't very long. But it, it got a lot of people excited about Thor, who I think probably weren't expecting, not just not expecting the trailer, but not expecting to be excited about Thor.
2: Right. Right. I mean, the and the trailer, again, like I said earlier, the trailer dropped out of nowhere. You know, I don't think anybody was... Anybody was uh, expecting it to come,
1: and Hulk's costume that is direct from the comic. Like I have, I I have that action figure. Yeah. Um, Okay. When
0: when was that comic released?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: Like eight.
1: eight, No, it's no, it's nineties. I thought no, 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 it's 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 uh, not even that long ago. Um. Uh, it was right after Civil War, right. Uh,
2: because one of the questions was why where was where was Banner in Civil War? And the answer is he was off on World War Hulk. Yeah. Uh,
0: so. so I'm wondering yeah. if maybe Orgrim Doomhammer is some his look is somehow based on on Hulk.
1: I, I don't know. Here, I mean, Hulk is there, there's a gladiator look to him, but it's yeah. 2007. So I don't know when that particular character from World of Warcraft was created. But
0: oh, a little bit but World earlier War Hulk than was, that, was a couple 2007. Of years. Yeah, of course it's it's possible too that uh, the people at Blizzard Entertainment, which makes World of Warcraft, it's possible that they're big Marvel comics fans too. And there's maybe not necessarily an intentional. Recreation, but maybe there's an influence from that,
2: yeah, I mean, anytime you have a big green guy and you want to make him look impressive, putting him in a gladiatorial outfit is is certainly a way to do that,
0: yeah, yeah, and I will say if in case any any Warcraft players are out there, um I was not impressed with the Warcraft movie because I have played that story at least a dozen times already, <laughs> so I was not really impressed by anything new because there was nothing new to see for me. So, yeah.
1: Fair enough. Any other thoughts? Fair enough.
0: No. Fantastic! Can't
1: wait
2: to see the movie.
0: Samantha. I'm looking forward. I'm so looking forward to this.
1: And I like the trailer too. That's it. Good night. Right. So I'll let it by.